What's up, everybody? Keith Billick here with a Picky Fingers bonus episode. Just wanted to put this one out there to make sure you all knew about the Bluegrass Trading Company and their flagship product, the Banjo All-Star Trading Cards. So this is a quick conversation with Colin Brown, who who is the the man behind both of those uh, endeavors. I feel obligated to mention that Colin is also a Patreon supporter of the show, and I I would have been happy to talk with Colin about these awesome cards regardless of his Patreon status, but, you know, it doesn't not help his case that uh, he had a direct line to the podcast guy to make this happen. So thanks again, Colin, for that, and for anyone else who wants to support the show, patreon.com slash banjo podcast but I'm going to let you hear all about this cool new product uh, from the Bluegrass Trading Company, the Banjo All-Star Trading Cards. They're basically exactly what you would expect. It's all of your favorite players on a collectible piece of art. You definitely owe it to yourself to check these things out. And uh, here to talk with me about it is Colin Brown. So Colin... How's it going, man? I I know that the banjo is a fundamental part of your story, mostly because of your father. So give us a quick background story of who you are and how you even became interested in in any of this stuff to begin with. Sure. Yeah. Like you said, my dad played banjo when I was growing up. He was an award-winning player. And I, so I grew up around, um, you know, his talent and I've always wanted to play banjo even since I was a little kid. And, uh, he did try to teach me back when I was about 10 or 11. And, uh, for some reason that just didn't stick. I, not that I got bored, but my friends and, uh, others thought I should be doing more interesting stuff. So I kind of gave it up and, uh, it wasn't until I got into my forties that I realized, you know what, I should start playing again, or at least uh, finally learn. And, uh, it was about 2017. This October, it'll be five years since I started playing banjo. And cool. I still feel like a kindergartner <laughs> playing banjo. So. Yeah. Um, Some, sometimes I do too. I don't think that ever goes away, which I guess is a good thing. Yeah. It keeps you learning. So, yeah, that that's, my, that's the background. I've always wanted to play banjo. I've always been fascinated by the sound and the drive and the, you know, the syncopation. I do have a sort of a drum uh, rhythm background. I played a lot of hand drums. I think as a result of me growing up with that that sort of syncopation, I've always had an interest in beats and that kind of thing. So I, I've always had that sort of rhythmic feeling about music. Mm. And now I'm really happy to bring it, or at least attempt to bring it back to the banjo where, where I started. And uh, that's kind of, um, yeah, where the, the banjo cards, trading cards sort of came out of that. I do have a graphic design background as well, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's definitely definitely relevant. Seems helpful. But uh, before we get too far, we we mentioned your dad. What what's what's his name? I imagine some listeners might even remember him. His name is Ken. He he went by Kenny Brown in the sixties. Uh, so I, I know him as Ken Brown. But uh, uh, his friends who knew him, you know, in the sixties, they just know him as Kenny. And, uh, he was, he was back East, uh, a back East player, uh, contemporary of, you know, like Pete Wernick, uh, Steve Arkin, those guys out in the, uh, the Northeast, uh, kind of folk revival era of the the mid sixties. You know, he grew up in Philadelphia. I was born in Philadelphia. That's, 
He won uh, first place, the 65 uh, Philadelphia Folk Fest banjo contest, judged by um, uh, Bill Keith. Right. So, and they were they par- apparently were roommates at one point and friends. So he learned a, a bit from Bill Keith. That uh, contest is that the one that you had you had sent me a video of of something at some point was was that the festival that he yep, won that the was contest the festival. for? Okay. I didn't even I, know about he he never told us about that festival. He, I mean, he was like nineteen or twenty in sixty five, but mm-hmm. growing up, he never really mentioned anything about that. He did talk about some of the bands that. He and my mom used to road manage for the Philadelphia Folk Fest. So they would, okay. they actually did a lot of uh, guitar tech and road management for various bands for the, for the festival. I did know about that, but I didn't know he was actually an award winning banjo player until I, uh, some of his old friends reached out to me because of a YouTube video that I had of him. Um, they, they wanted to know what he's been up to and, and all this stuff. And, um, just as an aside, my, he passed away in uh, 1999. And, okay. uh, so his friends reached out to me asking about him. And then they in turn told me about his, what they knew about him from the sixties that I didn't even know. And so the last, yeah. the last really five, uh, to eight years has been sort of a journey of me learning about his past, uh, talking to his friends and kind of investigating that whole thing. Um, how interesting. That's that's really cool that there's a community who has a memory of him that, that they can share with you. Yeah, Pete Wernett, if you look at that video that I sent you, it's all, and unfortunately, the original audio is not there. Somebody overdubbed it with like some country, mu- old style country music. <laughs> but um, Pete Wernick is in that on stage. Uh, Steve Arkin was mm-hmm. on that. Uh, is, uh, actually, the the uh, the video is from Steve Arkin. I just wanted to <laughs> mention that Steve, oh, okay. it was Steve Arkin's uh, video capture of the 1964 contest in which Steve Arkin won that one. He came in first, but my dad came in second in 1964. But in 65, okay. he followed up uh, as a first place winner. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> So, so back to your story. Give us the give us the story then of why we're chatting today. The Bluegrass Trading Company, and then specifically the banjo all star cards. So, I'm a web developer and a graphic designer. I do web design, and uh, for the last, I mean, as long as I can remember, my in, during my professional career, I've always had this sort of bug to sort of develop something that I can produce and offer uh, something of value to others that, you know, not just myself and software usually related, a web web software usually related or something graphic design related. And uh, I don't know, uh, it was almost this time last year exactly that I was on Facebook and just the thought occurred to me that that I would love to be able to have banjo player trading cards, not even uh-huh. that I would be the one making them, but I just had the idea that I would really be cool to have them. And, and you probably recall, because I, I saw you in the comments. Um, I, I did post a message in the, in the Banjo Players United Facebook group saying, Hey, do these exist anywhere? And, uh, if they, if, if not, why not? <laughs> Let's, I want to, uh-huh. I want to create them or, and then several of people in the, in the group said, Hey, you should make them. <laughs> and, uh, right. I, I was kind of like, Oh. <laughs> Maybe I should. <laughs> I had no clue what I would be getting into uh, at all, even though I did have a graphic design background. The, the the level of 
just the kind of work that's involved in a project like this is just not at all what I even imagined in the beginning. Uh, more so, than you imagined, I assume. Yeah, way more than I imagined. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely financially. <laughs> uh, oh but, yeah, yeah. So it sounds a lot like my thought process for for doing the podcast. To be honest, like if if it was already out there, I wouldn't have even dreamed of trying to do it myself. But yeah, it's uh, it, it, there's a, make it there's exist. a saying about being naive. Uh, be, me being naive about it is the thing that kind of kept me going. <laughs> Otherwise, you wouldn't have done something. Yeah, so I think crazy. it would have been way too. If I saw that mountain in front of me, yeah, I would be like, "There's no way I can climb that." But if you like, <laughs> if you think it's a tiny little hill and you just climb up the hill and you're like, "Oh, I, I got this," but then you look up and you realize, "Oh wait, it's bigger than I thought." There's more. Well, you to can't go. turn back. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, you've already put in enough work. Yeah. So, were were you a collector of like? baseball cards or something like that was there something intrinsic with having cards that was nostalgic to you or had Not, some sort of connection uh at the time i didn't really think so but in retrospect i did have not baseball cards but i had i had superman 2 uh movie trading cards okay <laughs> and i loved those i remember just uh adoring those i loved superman uh, -huh. uh when that came out superman 2 the movie came out like in 1982 or something like that um, but that's about it. As far as collector type stuff, trading cards, I didn't never really got that deep into it. So banjos are the new superheroes. That's or, uh, right. or banjo Super. players are the new superheroes. <laughs> that's all there is to it. Yeah. So I can imagine that by far the toughest thing to do would be making the cuts in terms of which players are included and which are excluded. Now there's a few like Mount Rushmore guys that I I would imagine that everybody could probably agree on, but once you get past that, how did you make those? Was it how did how did you make those decisions? Was it a personal preference? Was there like voting? Or? Um, I, I wish I can tell you there was an objective way to uh, decide on who the players were, but honestly, it was I've had to really kind of think about how to articulate this because I, I'd never really had a system. But I guess the best way to say it is that uh, I, I would say the least path of least resistance, and that what I mean by that is. When I first started out, I had no contacts whatsoever with any of the players. In fact, I almost, I almost started the project without getting any consent from the players at all. Cause I, again, I was naive. I didn't know anything. I think even you're the one who sort of pushed me in the right direction in getting, uh, consent from them. And that's what I did. Uh, so when I reached out to say Carl Jackson, and, you know, it's a few other players, they in turn would have their own recommendations. And because they know they have these recommendations, not only do they know these players, but they, they can get me in touch very easily. So it was sort of this sort of feedback loop where this virtuous cycle where I get in touch with one, they would get me in touch with another, they, and that other one would get me in touch, you know, it's sort of this. Yeah, this exponential uh, web of of people right, right. that you can choose from yeah but uh, yeah there were some obvious ones that I wanted Earl Scruggs J D Crow Sonny Osborne but if you start to get into the 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 detail of it different questions come up why why did you choose this one over this other one why isn't this one included or you know sure like I don't really have any easy answers for that <laughs> yeah. Are there any, and you can do this without naming names if you need to, but are there any 
horror stories to share about people being upset about someone being a perceived snub or, or anything like that? Um, yeah. Um, oh, I can't think of his name when I'm, when I'm on a recording, I can't, sometimes I space names. He's out of North Carolina. I, I don't want to say his name, but, um, cause that's cause I don't remember his name, but there was a perception that I was a big company doing this a big corporate backing thing i don't know i don't know why for some there was a perception that this was this huge project and somebody's making a lot of money off of it the big banjo money yeah <laughs> Pull, pulling <laughs> the levers and uh this person had passed away so it was like their son or someone uh posting on their behalf on their facebook page and uh they posted that they were really heck no they're not going to be a part of this project they don't do it for quote unquote exposure. They want money, all this stuff. And it's like, I never, that wasn't even a, I'm, it was really <laughs> sad. Uh, I was really shocked actually at first from that post, um, because there was a, a lot of respect for this player. And, um, I didn't know what, you know, being on social media, I thought this could turn into a big nightmare for me. And it was really kind of scary for a moment. And, um, they didn't know who I was. They never even, asked, you know, who I was or what this project was about, you know, mm -hmm. why I started this project, how much it's the project is costing me, how very little I'm going to be making from the project. You know what I mean? So yeah. <laughs> that I wasn't some big corporate thing and I uh, would, I wanted them involved in the project. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't going to be able to pay them, you know, a, a million dollars, like, you know, Shaq, would get from a from a basketball card or something yeah, you know, so, yeah. Um, they just assumed that you were exploiting them somehow right right okay and and that's sad i don't blame them and uh, it's really kind of sad that the, there was a miscommunication like that as it turns out that this person is is not included yeah they're not that? included and i okay. even you know i tried to follow up with them and you know tried to smooth things over saying you know uh, you know i'm sorry that this communication you know had to go this way and but, uh, you know, you, you kind of <laughs> made me look a little bad by people who don't know who I am, but, you know, I'm willing to kind of forget all that. And, right. uh, you know, I would love to still get you on board, but they're not interested. So, I, you know, for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah, just write, write that one off, I guess. Yeah. What can folks expect in the future? Are there uh, other banjo cards? And I guess I'll I'll specifically notice that you're the bluegrass trading company, not the banjo trading company. So does that suggest that maybe other uh, inferior instruments might be represented other than just banjos? <laughs> inferior. Yeah, I was thinking maybe uh, mandolin. No, <laughs> inferior. <laughs> exactly. No, that's a good point. Um, I knew from the beginning, I mean, as naive as I was, I did know from the beginning that I didn't want to pigeonhole myself into banjo. Um, but at the same time, I am most passionate about the banjo. I do love mandolin, don't get, and I love fiddle, and I love all the other instruments in bluegrass, um, especially yeah, man, mandolin and fiddle. I just love especially fiddle tunes and all that. But mm -hmm. I am passionate about banjo, and I still want to. I want to continue doing banjo all star cards because as word spread for the series one that I'm that I've worked on. Many people have emailed me, uh, called me, and 
said, hey, how did you not include so-and-so? How did you not mm -hmm. include? And so much passion around all the, their favorite players of not being included. It just made me realize that uh, the Banjo All-Stars project is not done. <laughs> I will definitely be doing a series two. Um, and in fact, the, I, I can't really get into the details yet because I don't really have them all the details even in my own head. But as informal as the process was for uh, selecting a player for series one, it was like I mentioned, it was sort of the path of release resistance kind of informal. I do want to make this a more formal process where the, the community is more involved uh, in the nomination and selection process. So well, that'll be cool. Yeah. So, but um, it will require uh, funding. Um, that is the only thing that's going to be stopping me from moving forward. So if series one was completely funded by me and then a little bit of uh, help from the pre-orders. I did a bunch of pre-orders for series yeah. one, but in order for me to do series two, I, would def I will definitely need to get some kind of funding going um, outside of, you know, my own uh, savings and, and debt. Um, so, uh, I might do, I might do a crowdfunding or, or something. I don't know. I hear Elon Musk is in the market for buying up <laughs> different companies. So, I mean, you might be able to cut him a, a deal right. for you know, a few, bi <laughs> few billion for it. Something like Maybe. that. Maybe. Another thing we haven't mentioned is the fact that not only are these collectible style cards, but they're each works of art. So t tell people about interacting with the artists that you commissioned and what people will be looking at when they get the cards. Yeah, I hired 10 artists to do 42 of the portraits that are in series one. Mm -hmm. uh, when I first started back, like in, in earnest, back in October, I almost intended to have one artist do all of them. And when I say all of them, I, I mean, I was thinking of releasing maybe 24 total instead of 42. <laughs> Yeah. So that number has grown over the months um, until, you know, finally releasing them last April. Um, but I started with one artist, Georgina Flood. She's done seven portraits for me and uh, uh, moved from her. I moved on, uh, added um, Kara Lockmiller uh, from here. She's from Knoxville. She's done uh, Allison Brown's, uh, Corey Walker's. She's got that more sort of pop style color artwork i don't know if you've seen that um, i've seen them all i'll have to go back and like match them up and then robert felker he uh he's also out of knoxville he did um bill keith's uh he's mm -hmm. he done he's done one painting for me uh and when i say painting it's really a collage which is incredible actually yeah you, i see i see yeah. <laughs> bill keith peeking at me in the background bill keith, yeah so yeah. that that's my prized possession right there it's an it's a wonderful oh, okay framed beautifully everything matted everything is just a wonderful uh, uh addition to my home office here um so he he did that one for me uh and there's an artist uh brian peterson out of dallas he's done a handful he did jd crows jim panky uh who else he did uh bill bill emerson uh butch robbins of course is uh is selected uh brian peterson did butch robbins and uh, those are all, those aren't actually paintings. Those are, um, they started out as sketches. And then he brings them into like Adobe Illustrator and uh, Photoshop and then finishes all the color and digital work there. And then the actual final piece is a, you know, just a digital file. 
Yeah. Oh, of course, I do have to mention your friend Grace Hoff. She did uh, Catherine or BB Bownis and Charlie Poole for me. So, and she's a wonderful banjo player in her own right. So, just wanted to mention that. Uh, one more artist. I know we don't have time to mention all ten artists, but uh, there's a few. Uh, one from uh, London, one from um, Wales, South Wales, um, and then. And Anna Magruder out of Portland, Oregon. I think she did seven or eight uh, portraits for me. Amazing, fantastic, immaculate attention to detail paintings. Um, Tony Trishka, Ben Clark. uh, She also did my dad. Ken Brown is uh, included in the series. So um, she's she's done his. Yeah. So amazing, amazing artists, all of them, all 10. That's cool. Last of all, uh, let's just make sure everyone knows how to check out the the portraits and order some cards, order some other merch, and also just keep tabs on the next series or whatever you come up with. Give us give us the internet links. Besides the packs by themselves, you can order a twelve pack box set, and this box is a is a nicely designed display box prints. So besides the cards, I I have prints available like eight by 10 prints that are matted to 11 by 14. Uh, you can order those shirts. I have some shirts available. So there's a lot of different things that once I, now that I have the artwork, uh, there are other types of products uh, that people have asked for besides the cards that include the uh, portraits. So shirts and prints. I, I also heard a rumor that you might try to have an actual art exhibit, maybe even at IBMA. Is that still oh, yes, that's, part of the plan? Yeah, that is definitely pl- planned. I have uh, registered for IBMA, uh, a 10 by 10 exhibit booth uh, for Friday and Saturday of that Great. weekend. Well, I'll be there too. So uh, I'm sure I'll run into you and have to see all these things and meet you in person. Oh, awesome. That would be fun. Maybe sign some things and... Uh, other players maybe uh, sign some things there, and that's you can get to my website through banjoallstars.com. It's bluegrass. The company I, again is bluegrasstradingcompany.com, but you can also get there from banjoallstars.com. It'll just redirect you to my gotcha. website, and from there, there's Instagram, Facebook. You can sign up for my newsletter to get um, you know updates, uh, regular updates on what's going on and that kind of thing. All right. That about sums it up. Thanks a lot, Colin, and thanks for uh, your contribution to, you know, the banjo takeover of the masses. <laughs> Love it. And maybe I'm another Elon. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Check your bank account. Yeah. Thanks, Keith. <laughs>